Welcome back to The Perfect Fit into part three of our three-part series. So this is the final episode of that series. If you have not checked out parts one and two on goal setting and training, I encourage you to go back and to listen to those. Today, Benj and I are talking about nutrition. We're going to keep this episode as basic as possible. We're not going to deep dive into any science or complicated topics. We are going to talk about macros, what each one of those uh, does for our bodies, good sources of each of those, a simple approach to fat loss, and which diet is best for you in your fat loss journey. And we're going to talk a little bit about calorie counting, tracking your macros, and what that can do for you. I hope that you enjoy this episode. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe, share with your friends and family, and leave us a review. Hope you enjoy. Well, welcome to part three. The final part of our little mini-series that we've been having. And just a reminder, if you haven't checked out part one and part two, part one is goal setting. Part two is all about training. Those are on the podcast uh, right now. So if you haven't checked those out, go back and check those out. Today, part three, we're talking nutrition today. And we're going to be pretty basic. I want to keep these things as simple as possible. I don't want to dive into too much of the science or, I mean, there's just so much nutrition covers and kind of like what we mentioned uh, last week with a lot of people have made the gym complicated. Nutrition has also become super complicated more than it needs to be. Yeah. So we're just going to try and dumb it down and simplify it for you and just give you some helpful tips. So I kind of want to dive into to start with, um, you know, macros, going over what protein, carb, and fat are, because some people don't even know what the macros are, um, which I just listed them, protein, carb, and fat. If you want to, some people put in alcohol, um, but I'm not going to throw that one in there for this, for the sake of this podcast. Uh, But let's talk about protein. Uh, Basically, I want to talk about Um, good sources of each macro. And when I mean sources, I'm talking uh, basically, uh, how should I put this, like a pure source. There is crossover between some sources, like, you know, let's say like steak is a crossover between protein and fat. Right. It's a combo of both. Every source that I give is going to kind of, you know, be a more pure, uh, quote unquote, source of each one. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, what protein and what carb and fat and what these macros do for our body as far as their function uh, in our bodies. And then uh, just some helpful uh, tips on that. So protein, let's start with protein. It is the major structural component of our cells. It's used for growth, repair, and maintenance. Obviously, you know, muscle is a big uh, part of that. Um, Sources that I can think of, I'm going to spit some out. Feel free to say some yourself if I leave anything out. Uh, Egg whites, protein powder, chicken, and then I think of like lean fish like tuna are pretty much your best bang for your buck 
pure sources of protein. Is there anything that you can think of that I might have left out? Um, did you say turkey? Yes, turkey. Turkey is a great one. And then another one just to mix in that I get occasionally is bison. Like we get ground beef, yeah, yeah, yeah. turkey, but bison is actually a really good one to throw in. Yeah, and it's lower in fat uh, than, yep. than like beef or something like that. Um, here's one thing people don't know a lot is that for every one gram of protein, that equals four calories. Okay. Uh, some people have no idea, you know, that. And so I wanted to give you that information. Another one that I want to talk about is protein also out of the three macros has the highest thermic effect of food. And this is, we'll touch on this later, but this is what I mean by the thermic effect of food is that the calories required to burn or digest or metabolize that food, protein's got the highest rate of that. They, they don't know exact numbers, but from what I've read and seen, typically they say 20 to 30, maybe even 35% of that is of the protein is used up in just the digestive uh, part and the metabolizing of that. Um, compared to, I believe, carb is like a 5 to 10 or 5 to 15, and fat is even lower than that. Um, so that's one reason why we need to prioritize protein. Is yep. We're actually going to get more uh, calories burned just through the digestive uh, portion of that. And then I also think it's the one uh, macro that people just need to prioritize more than they do. Uh, I think most people are typically too low in protein. Um, you know, they may think they take in a lot, uh, but I, most people that I find take in a very moderate to low amount of protein. Oh, yeah. Whatever, just curious, whenever you bring a client on, isn't that the one you see as being way, way under than what we should be at? Yep, same. Yeah. Typically, it's Most... much higher in fat and carb, and then it's a very low-protein diet. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's typically when we start off the bat is I emphasize let's increase, you know, protein intake. Uh, and for a lot of people, that it's it's more difficult than it seems to be because, you know, for, like, someone like – Yourself, myself, we're used to taking in, I don't know, 200 plus grams of protein a day, and it comes yep. easy to us, right? But then if I tell a person who's been taking, yeah, let's just give an example, 50 grams of protein a day, and then you're like, I need you to be eating like 150, you know, they're like, how in the world am I going to accomplish that, right? So like we said before, small steps, you know, slowly, gradually increasing that, getting them used to that. So to where it becomes more habit and then it doesn't seem like it's that hard uh, to, right. accomplish, to accomplish that. Oh, uh, and another, go for it, well, go. I was going to say another thing with protein too, like you're saying it's low calorie, uh, burns more calories just in the digesting it, but it's also the most satiating of all the macros we'll talk about. So it's the most, uh, it makes you feel the most full, which is great if you're trying to eat low calorie, yeah, so having that extra protein in is going to help you feel more satisfied after a meal. And that's one thing I do for myself personally and clients is I encourage the lower you go in calories, increase that protein intake, if anything. Yep. Right. Uh, so great. Do you want to touch on carb? You can go ahead and touch on the carbs here. Sure. Yeah. Carbs. It's actually funny because I think um, we tend to see carbs as being like an evil in diet culture or it's been pushed that way. Yeah. But just, it's not true. I mean, it's the main, the body's like main source of pulling for energy. So yep. you need that. Um, it also actually, it has the same calorie count as protein. So yep. per gram, you're looking at four calories. 
um, which I think a lot a lot of people think it's like way way more, given the uh, carbs are evil type thing. Yeah. Um, as far as top carbs that I use right off the bat, I eat a lot of oats for breakfast, like oatmeal, overnight oats, that kind of thing. Um, I do take in bread, like I eat bread. I got nothing against it. Um, potatoes, great. Yeah. What about you? Do you got like top carbs that you go to? Rice. Yep. Rice is always a go-to. Fruit. Um, obviously, veggies are carbs, but I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a, you know, massive source that I use. I eat veggies, but it's not like you know. I mean, seventy-five grams of carbs with the veggies. Like, I'm just, no, that's again <laughs> another good point. Like, right? the vegetables tend to be so filling in volume, but they also are low, low calorie technically. Yeah, because you have to eat a lot, a lot of broccoli to hit you know, enough calories to put you over, you know, what your goal goal may be in carbs. And I I think another important thing to mention with carb is, you know, good fiber sources, um, like fruits and vegetables and even whole grains. Fiber is very important for our diet. And especially, you know, um, as we are on giving it, they give us that kind of full feel as well. Mm -hmm. satiating feel. Uh, so fiber is very important when it comes to the carbohydrates. And that's one thing uh, I think people overlook as well. Uh, they probably don't get enough fiber. Uh, yeah. Isn't the, um, I think the recommended value or amount is like 25 to 35 grams fiber, depending on male, female. Yeah, I believe so. If you're not hitting 25, then we, we've got some work to do. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably not eating your vegetables or your fruits and I mean, whole grains, I mean, you know, people, like you said, demonize carbs and they like to crap on, you know, bread and all that. But like whole grains is such a great source of fiber. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that is honestly part of the I mean, yes, it tastes good. But that's part of the reason why I do eat whole grains is to get that fiber content in there. Um, So, all right, we're going to finish off with the last one. The third one is fat. Um, fat basically it supports and cushions like our vital organs. Um, and then we know of like the fat soluble vitamins are stored and transported via fat. And then a lot of hormones are also, uh, transported via fat. So fat is important, uh, for our diet. Um, purest sources of fat typically think oils, olive oil, coconut, avocado, um, butter, uh, obviously, there's other stuff like, you know, salmon, eggs. But once again, that's kind of a crossover of both protein and fat combined. Uh, one thing that I will say is nut butters, yeah, you know, like peanut butter, almond, they're good. I just don't use that as a main source of fat. Right? I can't justify the calorie. It just it costs too much compared to what yeah. I could be eating yeah you know as much as i love it and to be honest i have it every day um you know i'm not i'm not going to just pig out on you know the cheese and the in the but in the peanut butter and the bacon right that's just not something i get get better fats like the oil for you and then you know the one debbie downer if you will of fat is for every one gram of fat it's nine calories so it's double and then some of the protein and carbs. So that is why I like to eat more of a higher carb diet because right. I, I get to eat more of it, right? Um, and one thing I will say about fat as well is that 
you know, stuff like the eggs, the salmon, um, you know, if you are a keto, you know, person tend to go more towards those types of fats than living off of peanut butter, cheese and nuts. Right. Right. Which, which a we lot see of, a lot of people do. Which a lot of people do. You know, they're like, oh, I'm on keto. And then, you, you know, they mention the type of fats that they're eating. I'm like, ah, I mean, that's okay. But that shouldn't be your main sources. All right. Mm -hmm. So we're going to move on. That is just the, the macro uh, breakdown. And we're going to talk about what is the best diet for you. Now, I don't want to get into specifics of breaking down keto, vegan, paleo you know, all those, uh, because honestly, it doesn't matter. And you and I don't care, you know, how someone eats, and we don't care what our clients choose to eat. Um, but we are going to talk about three steps and three things that we look for in how to choose a diet. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll cover the first one, and then you can cover the second. First thing that I think of is, is it a diet that you can stick to? Is it something that you can sustain long-term? We call that adherence, right? Um, too many people go on the extreme diet to where it only lasts, like, let's say, a couple of weeks, and then they're on to something new, right? Just like we talked about program hopping with training, a lot of people so-called diet hop. They try so right. many different things that they don't stick and find with something that they can stick to long term. Uh, that's how you're going to see progress, right? Just like we stick to a program for an amount of time, you need to be able to see yourself sticking with a certain diet for a long period of time as well. And tell me, talk to me about like you talking with clients about sticking with diets. How long... Yeah. You know, how long, how do you encourage that, et cetera? Um, well, that's another thing just to kind of even clear up. Like I, the word diet gets thrown around so much. I'm usually just referring to food intake, like your, yeah. your nutrition. Um, I don't encourage <laughs> clients to really engage in a diet unless a doctor has said, you know, we need to eliminate certain foods and, and observe what's going on there. So maybe eliminate right. these carbs or whatever. Um, we look more at total food intake over time. And like you just said, what is sustainable for you for, and I like to really throw out there at least the next six months to a year. Like we don't want any 30 day nope. quick fix things that we're going to drop off of. Right. Um, so sustainability is huge. And usually I have them kind of observe. So they, they learn about themselves. What have you been eating recently? Yeah. And what we usually find is that they are eating some carbs, some fats and some proteins. So, why would we want to eliminate one of those when they've been functioning just fine on that? Right. Instead, it's adjusting that calorie intake, not eliminating a food. Yeah. Um, and on that too, what I've found is the moment we restrict something, you tend to obsess over it. Maybe you make yeah. it a week or two, but as soon as you can't have bread, like good luck going to Texas Roadhouse or whatever. <laughs> like when the rolls come out, <laughs> rolls, after two or weeks, like oh. – you know, you're going to go all in. And that usually tends to lead to this little binge state. It's not every day of binge restrict, but after two, three weeks of restricting, you obsess over it. So I like to go with something balanced, something we can stick yeah. to for six months, a year that we know we can live in. And that, that kind of leads us to this next point, which I think, I think people 
think the opposite here. And that is you need to pick something that gives you the least amount of willpower. And I think when it comes, I think when it comes to diets, most people think I have to have the greatest amount of willpower for this to work. Overcome it. Okay. Yeah. Actually quite, actually, I believe in the opposite. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'll give you a personal example here. Um, when I was at my old gym, the owner was very pro keto, pro low carb. He had a client who just engaging in just general conversations, um, said that she always was pretty high on carbs. Like she enjoyed carbs. Um, she struggled hitting her protein numbers a little bit. Um, how, how could she, you know, fix that? So I gave her some suggestions. Um, well, then she went to the owner asked, how do I fix that? And he said, let's do keto. And my, you know, I'm, I'm baffled just thinking, oh, this girl has already said that she enjoys carbs. She loves carbs. She typically overhits that carb number. And then you just suggested a diet that is extremely low carb. Yep. She's going to fail because in order for it to succeed, she's going to have the most amount of willpower in order to resist eating any form of carb, which leads to, like you said, you're probably going to end up on a binge. Yep. Right? And not just for a day, it's going to turn into a weekend and a week and then everything just falls apart. And then you're having to start over again. Uh, so picking something that gives you the least amount of willpower, not the most. I like that. That's good. Yeah. And I think uh, just something quick to add that I saw on Instagram uh, from uh, was it Dr. Nadolsky, he mm -hmm. posted something that said, you know, most people when it comes to like a fat loss phase, or this is their goal, think that the things that they need are hard work and willpower. Where in reality, you just need habits and a plan. Yep. Right. Those two things will be more effective than just trying to have the most amount of willpower to resist, you know, whatever your food you know, indulgence is, and just trying harder, right? So let's review real quick. You need to stick with something that's sustainable, something that you can stick to long-term, that gives you the least amount of willpower. And then just basically, lastly, something you enjoy, right? And, and like you mentioned, I am not a huge fan of the diets that restrict and that are super extreme because of that reason right there. Mm -hmm. uh, if you enjoy something, I don't believe that you should just completely, you know, cancel it out of your diet or the way you eat. If you, in, you know, enjoy the occasional, I don't know, let's just say burger, great. Have it. There's no problem with that. Um, I think we've, people have, have a bad association with food and a bad relationship. So we, we look at foods as good and bad. And then people are, you know, feeling guilty after they eat something. I, there shouldn't be any guilt involved with right. whatever you eat. Enjoy it, right? You should enjoy a certain way. Um, so tell me, like, talking with clients, talking with clients and um, walking them through these things. What type of advice do you give when it comes to, you know, maybe having that little indulgence, right, and still keeping on track? Holidays is probably a good example. We just had a bunch of holidays. There's going to be a little bit more temptations, but yet still trying to stay on track with eating foods that you enjoy. Yeah. Biggest, biggest thing I've been trying to push, especially this last season is 
whatever that event is or that holiday, it usually lasts either a day or a meal. There's no reason why you can't stick to the plan up until that meal. Enjoy it for all it's worth. I don't care. And then yep. your very next meal, you're back on track. That's one of the biggest things that's helped my clients this year. So whatever's coming up next, Easter dinner, birthday, stay on the plan up until. Don't, don't get off on Friday whenever you're going to celebrate on Sunday. So stay on track until the meal comes up. Enjoy it for all it's worth. Don't eat like an idiot. But uh, enjoy it. Enjoy the company. And your very next meal, you're back on track. If you do that, nobody's plan has ever been completely sabotaged over one meal. I guarantee you. Like, you'll be fine there. What's, um, what's the example people like to use? Like one salad isn't going to make you healthy all of a sudden. Exactly. You know, one quote-unquote unhealthy meal is not going to make you super unhealthy all of a sudden, right? Yep. That's, 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 the, that's the big thing I would, I would say anybody can kind of take that away today is like eat healthy up until the, the, the event and then right after get back on track the next morning, have your plan in place. Um, the other thing that we'll get into is as you know your calories and what you should be consuming, let's say I can eat 2,000 calories and still lose weight. We figured that out. Well, if I know I want to have a 200-calorie cupcake that evening at a birthday party, I can eat 1,800 yep. and have that budgeted in, and yep. it's really not going to have much of an effect. Correct. So understanding your budget and calories too, which we'll get into, um, is it, huge. And, and, you know, we talk about the – 80, 20, 90, 10, you know, percentages of 80, 90% of the time you're eating, you know, healthy foods. And then that 20, 10 to 20% you're still eating foods that you enjoy. Uh, yep. Because if you get rid of them totally, you are setting yourself up for failure, uh, in my opinion. Um, but lastly, something, you know, that we talked about here is like start small. Um, you know, having, if you, if your eating habits are already not great and I've seen this with people, um, like as a whole, putting yourself or a client on an extreme diet, once again, is going to set yourself up for failure. So maybe we do need to focus on small changes to where it's just, Hey, let's work on your protein intake over the next couple months. Let's work on having a veggie and a fruit at every meal. You know, that alone is going to help instead of just going from, eating just terribly to then being like, Hey, we're doing low carb, <laughs> you know, just putting them on something that's super extreme whole food only to where they're just not used to that. Right. Um, right. So start small um, with, you know, if you already struggle with the way you eat and maybe you don't eat the greatest, you know, make the small changes first instead of going extreme. Right. And I would say, too, just in coaching clients, I know you've done this, too, is instead of eliminating anything, like let's say you are drinking a ton of, you know, Cokes and all this different stuff, instead of eliminating stuff, just bring in healthy things that, that you know to be healthy. Just yeah. small stuff, a vegetable, <laughs> yeah. a glass of water. The, the drastic change is just, it's not going to be sustainable. Uh, that, you know, that's what it comes down to. It's just, it's not going to be sustainable. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about fat loss and how we can do that in a dumbed down simplified version for you we're going to talk about that here so first of all you need to be in a caloric deficit in order to achieve fat loss or weight loss okay meaning that we need to consume <clears throat> excuse me less calories than we are 
expending. I'm sure a lot of people have heard the whole calories in versus calories out deal. All right. That's probably the popular phrase that goes around. Uh, so first of all, what is a calorie? Simply, it's a unit of energy. All right. I'm not going to dive into all the specifics, but just think of it as energy. All right. Um, how do we burn those calories? Uh, I like to break this down for people to give them an idea. Um, so there's four different ways that we burn calories. First one is what's called your BMR. You probably also have heard the term uh, resting metabolic rate as well as basal metabolic rate. Right. Um, those terms are often used interchangeable. There are slight differences. One is more accurate than the other, um, but that's for another time. <laughs> Basically, uh, what your basal metabolic rate is, is the calories needed in order to keep your body alive at a resting state. In order to keep our you know, organs functioning, um, the, which this is the majority of your calories that are burned. Yes. Okay? Um, so, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you know, when they measure it, I believe it's like, if you do it in a lab, I believe this is measured like you fasted for 12 hours, you have to have eight hours of sleep, and then they test that out. You know, they come up with that number. That's the BMR. That's why typically if you do look it up uh, for RMR, it's, it's a guess, right? It's just mm -hmm. an average. It's a, it, it might even be a range, okay? So that is your BMR. That's your basal metabolic rate. Then we have the thermic effect of food, which we talked about earlier. That's the calories needed to digest and metabolize food. Uh, thirdly, and I think this is a big one that people miss out on, is your NEAT is what we call it. That's your non-exercise uh, you know, activity that burns calories, like walking the dog, sitting and kind of fidgeting around at your desk you know, when you're working, yeah. uh, manual labor. Lawn work. Yeah, lawn work, any of that stuff. That's your NEAT, and that's uh, one area that people need to focus on a little bit more in order to achieve success in fat loss uh, for sure they need to focus on that because most people neglect that aspect and actually that even if it is that two to three hundred calories you're burn burning through the neat that can make a huge difference all right so that's one thing i think a lot of people need to focus on that's why both you and myself encourage people to walk yep. and, and get those quote unquote 10 you know ten thousand steps in that's why we encourage that right is that neat that extra just movement okay and then lastly is your calories burned through exercise so just energy expenditure and we've touched a little bit about this on the last one um you may you know track that via a fitbit or a whoop band or whatever it is um, and it may give you a calorie number it's not going to be super accurate and probably the calories that you burn through your exercise is going to be less than you think Okay, so it's it's just a guide. It's not an exact uh, for those that use those. All right, basically, and, go for it. I was gonna say again. I think I said this last time, but if you're gonna pick one of the two, focus on the calories you're putting in to your body through food rather than calories burned, because yes, calories burned is a guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And then all of those together basically make up what we call our total daily energy expenditure. And you can go online and figure out all those, you know, equations and stuff like that if you want to. But we're going to tell you a little bit of a simpler way to figure out how to figure out your calories and your protein needs and all that. So why don't you go ahead, 
and talk about this. This is a simple equation to figure out your calorie needs for fat loss. Yes. So very simple. If you got a piece of paper, write this down. What I always suggest for clients or, you know, if I can't work with you, it's a good place to start. It's a safe place to start. It tends to be on the higher end of where your calories should be for weight loss, which allows you to have a longer time to be in a deficit. Um, Because anybody can slash their calories down to 1,200 calories and and lose weight. But we want to start you as high as possible where you can continue to lose weight so we can lower it over time. So what I suggest is that you pick a goal weight in your mind. It can be flexible. I think most of us have a goal weight. Don't get stuck on it. If you want to be 150 pounds, 120 pounds, go with it. If you get down close to that weight and you're happy, fine. That's your new goal weight. But for right now, pick a goal weight. And let's say that you want to get down to 120 pounds. You're going to take that goal weight number and multiply it by 12. And I also multiply it by 10. And that gives you a window of what you should be aiming for. Um, so in that example, 120 pounds may be your goal weight. So multiply it times 12. That's going to give you 1,440 calories. That's on the high end, but that's where we want you to start. If you did times 10, that gives you that window. You can hit between there so you don't feel like you're stuck on just getting this one exact number. If you stay in that window, I would do that for no less than for 30 days straight before you look to make any changes because you're going to have to learn how to track your foods, get those habits down, and it takes your body a little bit of time to adjust and make sure you're actually eating those that amount of calories. But that's my, my suggestion on setting your calories for weight loss. Yeah, and like you said, I encourage people to be, obviously you want to be in a calorie deficit, but you want to remain and eat the most calories that you can while still seeing that progress. Yep. We don't want the extreme, like you mentioned, 1,200, maybe even lower, and then, you know, have to work back up, you know? So eat as much as you can while still being in a calorie deficit. That is always my suggestion to people. Absolutely. So that's the calories. It's body goal body weight times 12. You even mentioned uh, 10. So you can kind of work with a little bit of range there if you want to. Uh, we're going to talk about protein. So protein goal. It's the same thing. It's your body weight. So in this example, it's 120. Multiply that by one. Hopefully you, <laughs> you can figure <laughs> out the math. Right? Whew, that's tough. That's 120 grams of protein and uh, calories-wise, it's 480, okay? So for most people, I know we've talked about this, we like to have people basically focus on two numbers, calories and protein, Yep. all right? So that leaves, you know, carbon fat. People are like, well, what do I, you know, what do I eat for those? In my opinion, it's up to you. Um, eat in a way that you like. If you like more fat, great, eat more fat. If you like more carb, great, eat more carb. But you need to realize, you know, how many calories you have left. So in our little example here, we had what, 1440 total calories. Uh, We subtract that, uh, the protein number, which is 480. And we're left with 960 calories. And that is up to you to eat however you would like. Okay. Um, I just think for most people when, you know, if by all means, if you want to track all four numbers, you know, calories and then three macros, go for it. But for most people, they want, they don't want a lot of work, Mm -hmm. right? So 
just figuring out those two numbers of calories and protein and then eating how you want for the rest is a great way for uh, people to do that. My suggestion, if you participate in working out intense exercise, maybe, you know, maybe that's like a class or CrossFit or strength training, I would eat more carbs. Yep. Agreed. Uh, that's just me, um, you know, for that energy purposes uh, as well. But I mean, you know, like we said, it's up to you. So that would be my suggestion. And speaking of, we're yeah. going to talk about tracking, counting calories, counting macros. Um, first of all, it is, it's not a diet. I think some people on the internet get a little bit mixed up and they think that counting calories is a specific diet. No, it's not. It's actually, it's just a simple way to track what you're eating. Yep. Right? Um, is it necessary? No. There have been many people who have achieved great success without tracking calories. And my suggestion is to clients, I occasionally have clients who say, I hate tracking then don't right you, know, uh, you, you don't need to i i understand for a lot of people it, it gets a little it's it's a little bit of work in the beginning okay mm -hmm. that first week or two yeah because you're plugging in you know so many different foods etc what i find and maybe clients are like this too you eat almost the same thing every day or very similar foods right so once that stuff is already, you know, put in that tracker for the first week or two, it's easy to add. So most people get bogged down. Yeah, most people get bogged down in the early stages. And that's when they just quit because it's annoying. You kind of have to get past that and then it becomes easier. But if you truly do hate it, just just don't do it. That's, that's yeah. my suggestion. It's more work than forget about, forget about it. But what calorie counting or macro counting does for you is it obviously gives you a great idea of how much you're eating, what the macro breakdown is. I always suggest with clients who come to me and we talk nutrition, I do have them count, uh, you know, count that for at least a week just to give them an idea of what they're taking in. Because, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us probably think that we eat less than we actually do. Right? No, I only eat 2,000 calories. Yeah. Probably in reality, it's more like 25 or 28, right? Yeah. Um, so our estimates are way off. But for most people, it just kind of gives them a realization of, oh, maybe I'm not, you know, eating what I thought I was. And then, you know, oh, I'm not getting the amount of protein that I thought I was getting. Mm -hmm. And I'm way over my fat and carb intake, right? And that's um, a, another good number to throw out there is a pound of fat is, what, 3,500 calories. So, so whatever that is, yeah, I think that's, that's exactly what it is. So all you got to do is be over by a few hundred and over the course of two weeks, you're up a pound. Right. So that's why it is important to understand energy going in foods, calories right. compared to what we're getting rid of. Yeah. And then, you know, calorie counting also, it just keeps us accountable. Mm -hmm. um, I think what you had mentioned before is great as well. Um, it allows us to be flexible and accountable at the same time. So like you mentioned with your example, 2,000 calories, if I want a cupcake, you know, that's 200 calories, what it does for people who track is it gives them an awareness of, okay, I have this much in my so-called budget, 
if I eat 200 calories worth of a cupcake, that's okay. I still have 1800 that are, you know, available or, you know, reverse that at the end of the day if you have two to three hundred calories left it's like oh maybe i can enjoy myself a little bit more and have a little bit more flexibility so i'm going to add that in but i also encourage people if you are tracking put that put that in there put that indulgence put that unhealthy thing in there because it, it at least is making you accountable and you are aware still that that is in there instead of forgetting about it and then, you know, you've got this false sense of maybe what you're taking in. Absolutely. Yeah, know, know what's going in. And don't feel guilty. Like you said earlier, it's not the end of the world, but it's good to know if the reason why you're not losing weight is because every night that glass of wine is putting you over by a few hundred calories. It's just good to know. It's feedback. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's exactly what we want. Like the, the, the tracking, kind of like what I mentioned before, is a part of that strategy and a part of the plan that you can have. It helps make it make it more efficient for you. Um, I do it, you know, even when I'm not dieting. Why? Because I just want to know what I'm taking in. Yep. Right? Uh, that's just me. Um, but some sources. I'm sure people know a couple sources of count, calorie counters. My Fitness Pal, that's probably the most popular um, if you just want to track, I would say that's the best thing for you, right? Like if you're not concerned about making adjustments or if you don't have anybody that makes adjustments for you, that's the best one to track your food. I will say I'm not a huge fan of kind of their fat loss equation, right. calculator, whatever. They're probably going to put you in a pretty extremely low calorie diet right off the bat. So once again, go back to our equation mm-hmm. that, we, that we just mentioned and use that, but then just use my fitness pal as a tracker, um, just to put your food in and plug your food in. And then, uh, one that I came up across the last year and is actually my personal favorite one that I use is carbon. Um, it's yep. done, it's done by Lane Norton. Um, most of you don't even know who that is, but he's got a PhD in nutrition him and his wife started this. What I like about carbon, and for a lot of people, um, is it's not only a tracker, but it's also a coach per se. It'll make the adjustments for you based off of your weekly progress. You know, so are some people just try and they're like, I don't know what kind of adjustments to make or if they don't have a, you know, a trainer or a coach to guide them. This will do that for you. Um, so my fitness pal carbon can you think of any others that you've used or know you know maybe clients use something different um two other ones one is called my net diary i just saw this yesterday it seems to be a pretty good app um one of my clients i brought on uses that it probably has a smaller food library than my fitness pal but it seems to work the same um the other one's called nutritionist the one thing i like about that is at the end of the day it showed you like the micronutrients breakdown. So showing you maybe which vitamins you're deficient in, which that's pretty cool to see. I would put that later on. I would start with my fitness pal and just figure out your total calories and go from there. Does my fitness pal do that? I don't know if they do or not. Do they it, show it, you the it, breakdown? It, it, of... Yeah. Maybe there's like a paid version that breaks that down, but I'm not sure if it's on the main page. I know carbon does that mm-hmm. breaks that I know that does, but I don't know if my, I haven't used my fitness pal in a long time. So I wasn't too sure about that, but all right. Give me, let me just ask you this. Like, give me an example of 
like maybe a client who did track I mean, maybe one that didn't track, but yet still saw results. Um, honestly, the um, the person I've trained that has lost well over 100 pounds at this point, I don't think that they've ever tracked, ever. It's been all about, when we started, it was bring in fruits and vegetables, don't take anything away. And over time, they became so full on the good foods we were bringing in yeah. that they were able to eliminate things that weren't serving their purpose of reaching their goal. So the Coca-Cola's disappeared, the cereal disappeared, nothing necessarily wrong with that. It just didn't support the goal. Um, that person didn't track. We just got the activity levels up and brought in nutrient dense foods. And to me, if you've got a lot of weight to lose, that's a great place to start. If you've got less weight to lose, you're probably going to have to narrow in and track a little bit more. Um, and that's where I, I have trained somebody in the last year, super proud of her. Um, I think we're down like 34 pounds at this point. We're actually in a reverse, so we're going to go back up. Yeah. But lost a tremendous amount of fat all through tracking. And, I mean, we, we started at, I think, 1750 in calories, 1,700. Mm-hmm. And we never had to go below 1,400 calories to get to the lightest weight she's been, as far as I know, as an adult. Which is great. Which is, yeah. And, and awesome. looked amazing, building back strength, preserved yeah. lean muscle, did not have to go below 1,400 calories. Yeah. And, I, and that's, slow, steady tracking. Yes. Sustainable and consistent. I think that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people, I don't know where these magic numbers started from or came from, but like, especially working with female clients, right off the bat, 1,200 yeah. calories. You know, that's for some reason or lower, that's like the magic number people came up with. I have no idea why or or where that came from, honestly. But it's like, man, you can eat so much more Mm -hmm. than you you think you can. I will say this when it comes to fat loss. If you have been dieting for a long period of time, uh, for example, I don't know if you've had clients come to you like this, but I have to where they've basically been dieting probably nine months out of the year. Which is, an, you know, which is an extremely long time to be dieting. It's chronic dieting, which ends up being more harm than good. Um, in that case, you know, when you come to somebody and you're like, I still want to lose weight and fat, you're not ready. Your body is just not primed and prepared for that. So, like, in, in this case, you know, you mentioned that this lady was eating, you know, fourteen to 1,700 calories. Like, that's fantastic. Right, and awesome. now, to put it in perspective, if you go slowly, we're back up to 1860 calories, 1860. And she's only five pounds above that low weight, and almost eating 2000 calories. Yeah, that's so. awesome. Yeah, get yourself a coach, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, that's all I can think of as far as what we're covering i mean we went over macros um simple way to figure out you know calculate your calories for fat loss and your protein talked a little bit about you know counting calories is not necessary no but it definitely helps and keeps you accountable anything else that you can think of before we close part three of our mini series dude i think we covered it i think it's great um, oh, if you I, I listen to this episode, go back and listen to the other two for sure. Yes, please do. Actually, I'm not going to say it. We'll touch on it on a later uh, episode. Right. A little tease at the end. I like yeah, it. Yeah, a little tease. Yeah. <laughs>
totally totally not playing but i just think like when it comes to nutrition i, I as a trainer this is the and i'm sure you do as well this is where we get the most questions and this is kind of like wh where people struggle the most working out you know people seem to have no trouble with that they can get their workouts in but when it comes to nutrition it's so hard and there's just so many different things that come up and so many different questions um that it's what we deal with so much and i think like trying to simplify it for people is the best way to go and i will i will say and i'll end with this that when it comes to nutrition um and you're you know looking at different sources of knowledge check those sources because there's so much wrong information on the internet on instagram um you know TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. Like, do do your own research is, is a big part of it. You know, I've I've had clients come to me just with you know, the most outrageous statements that they read on the internet. I'm like, that's totally wrong. But yet, a lot of people believe it, right? And for most people, it's just a lack of knowledge. Uh, and we're here to hopefully simplify that for you and point you to better sources and give you uh, good information, right information. I actually just thought of this right now. I think what we're going to do down the line is we'll actually do an episode where we're going to bust some so-called nutrition myths. Look, nice. at, look at some of the most popular ones um, that we see um, and, you know, debunk them, if you will, or to at least give you the correct information. Um, and I will say this. You brought this up on our conversation outside of here. Leave us some questions that you would like to be, you know, asked going forward. I think at the end of each episode, we're going to just take, you know, two, three, four questions um, and answer those, whatever they are. Um, it doesn't have to be about the topic that the episode, the podcast episode is on. It can be about anything. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll do our best uh, to answer those. All right. All right. Well, That's awesome, man. That is all I have to say. Closing remarks from yourself. All good. Listen to all three of the last, uh, this, this podcast, the last two for sure. And uh, stick around for more soon. All right. Sounds good, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye.